when you're able to practice forgiveness, that the feeling of freedom after that is tremendous and you open your life and your future up to so many endless possibilities. Let's kick it off, girls. Okay, guys. Thanks for coming, everyone. Yes. Welcome back, everyone, to Off the Gram Live, the show where we bring you straight into the trenches with us to help you live your best life, channel your inner girl boss, and navigate the ever-changing landscapes of wellness and social media. Thank you all for coming. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much. Hey, guys. Heidi. Welcome to an incredibly exciting evening. When we started off the gram, our dream was to create a space to have meaningful conversations about wellness, less fluff, more real stuff. We couldn't have imagined where it would take us. Over 60 episodes and 160K streams later, here we are. We've covered dozens of topics on the wellness landscape and in the news cycle, broke the top 30 on iTunes in the health and fitness category, and now tonight we host our second ever live event. In October, we loved bringing our community together for our special interview with Ariana Huffington, and tonight we are delighted to have the one and only Catherine Schwarzenegger Pratt in the room. Well, the virtual room, at least. (laughs) We're most excited that sales to tonight's event, the ones purchased by you fabulous people in our Zoom audience tonight, will go towards helping us support the amazing work by God's Love We Deliver. The mission of God's Love We Deliver is to improve the health and well-being of men, women, and children living with HIV AIDS, cancer, and other serious illnesses by alleviating hunger and malnutrition. They prepare and deliver nutritious, high-quality meals to people who, because of their illness, are unable to provide or prepare meals for themselves. So thanks to God's love. Yeah. Thank you so much, Heidi. This is Jamie here. So I just want to tell you guys, I have been a long time kind of fan and supporter of God's Love We Deliver. George and my boys and I used to go um, volunteer every Thanksgiving. They do a big event where people can go and hand deliver meals all across New York City to people, you know, who just want to have like a nutritious and also like comforting meal on Thanksgiving. And it was such a great way to kind of show my boys, you know, the gift of giving back. And we were bummed this year. We were like COVID kept us from doing it. And I really wanted to find another way to show up for them. So I am so grateful to my co-hosts also for getting on board and doing this. So we were able to give back to God's Love We Deliver. And we're so grateful to all of you who bought tickets because that is where your money is going tonight. So now let's talk Catherine. We are so excited to have this very special guest on this very special evening. Catherine Schwarzenegger Pratt is a New York Times bestselling author, animal advocate, daughter, sister, wife, and mom. A few years back, I actually first met Catherine when she was launching her second book, which was called I Just Graduated, Now What? Honest Answers from Those Who Have Been There. And I just thought that was such a great title and kind of an honest depiction of how so many of us felt in those early years of our 20s. Catherine has always had a gift for taking things she's experienced in her own life universal truths and expounding upon them to help others find answers, much as she did with her first book, Rock What You've Got, which helped young women find their power, confidence, and self-esteem. Catherine's latest book, The Gift of Forgiveness, became an instant New York Times bestseller. 
It's an inspiring must read for people of all ages, all walks of life, and all spiritual practices. She interviews more than 20 people who have worked hard and are still working hard to overcome unforgivable and unimaginable experiences. So I think we're going to jump into our sweat this right before we introduce we meet Catherine. And I wanted to kick it off and tell you guys one of the things we love most about our last live was in creating an event with that feeling of togetherness that we all miss so much and seeing all of you guys enjoy your goodies from home in your off the gram party in a box. So for those of you who are at home who might not know what we're talking about, all of our OTG super vans on the room on the Zoom tonight, and I think there's like 75 of you. So thank you so much for being here. You guys all received a beautiful box filled with snacks, beverages, wellness items, and a gorgeous robe to help settle in and enjoy this event together as one. So we can, we're going to quickly walk through that box and all the wonderful partners who made it possible. And I think Megan was going to kick it off first, right? I think it's me. First of all, I'm wearing the robe and I put a lightning bolt on it. But so first up, we've got Pip Snack, Pip Snacks again. And you remember this was their heirloom snack company that we had in the box last time that Barbara Corcoran called her favorite investment ever when they were on Shark Tank. And they're the most delicious chips, crackers and crunchies ever. My kids are obsessed with the cheese balls, healthy cheese balls. Yes, please. Mine too. Right. So thanks for giving us our crowd something to munch on tonight. Yeah. Okay. Heidi here. And everybody knows I have all the allergies. So I was so happy when I found out that we would be having non-drowsy Claritin cool mint chewables in the box. Spring is coming. So perfect timing. I love that you don't need water because they're chewable. And plus they have something called cool fusion technology, which gives you a cooling flavor sensation. Oh, yum. Well, I'm thrilled about spring too, because as you know, I'm a runner and I'll be out hitting the pavement every minute I can. So I love that we've got Bayer back and body pain reliever in the box too. And it's Bayer. So you guys know you can trust it and it contains caffeine to help boost that pain relieving effect. Love that. Well, you know what doesn't have caffeine? The brand new type of Midol that's in many of your boxes. So some of y'all got the traditional Midol. I think a few of you did a product which I've used for years. And then I was really excited that a bunch of you were getting the new Midol Complete Caffeine Free. So both deliver powerful PMS relief. They relieve cramps, bloating, backaches, and headaches. And if you follow me on NYC FitFam, you probably know that I take Midol because I talk about it all the time. Okay. While we're on period talk, (laughs) we are loving these mixers packets right now. They're little packets you mix into a beverage to help regulate hormones, reduce inflammation in the uterus, and make your period easier. Who doesn't want that? The founder, a girl named Jess Toulson, invented it after giving birth to twins through her body for loop. Well, I can relate to that. And she wanted to help other women feel better too. She also has products for immunity, libido, and curb cravings. Love it. Okay. Speaking of cravings. So the uplift gut happy cookies, I actually have mine here. Like, Oh my God, you guys, are you kidding me? I'm so obsessed with these. Actually, George was like, you need to bring those cookies downstairs afterwards and give them back to me. I made him hide them because I like couldn't stop eating them. They're so addictive. The company founder is a woman named Carol Landau. She's known as the prebiotic dietitian, and her mission is to give people's guts what they need to be happy and healthy. We all know that gut health is super trendy right now, but it's for good reason. The gut is literally called the second brain. So these cookies 
packed with probiotics and prebiotics are geared to support our guts and keeping us healthy, happy, and well. And a little insider tip, look out for their new product. They have something called Prebiotic Bliss Bites, and they are delicious. They taste like strawberry shortcake, FYI. Yum. Yum. Okay, so I like cookies, but what goes well with cookies is booze with air quotes. Okay, not really, but you remember my (laughs) obsession with Groovy when we partnered with them for Dry January. They're a line of craft alcohol-free beers and wines aimed at empowering people to embrace better choices. In other words, you can still be social and feel like you're part of the party, but you don't need the hangover. I love the bubbly rosé and the dry secco. I call it um, no secco because that's funny to me. And our audience gets some in their box. We also have a discount code off the gram 15 to save some money. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk immunity. We love, love, love Wetterspoon. We're so glad to be sharing their Manuka honey immunity gummies with you guys in your box. I mean, you had me at gummies. I snack on them all the time like candy. So don't tell anyone because I probably take too many. <laughs> I think you're only supposed to take like three. I think there's like three per per day, but I might do six. Um, so head on over to wetterspoon.com and use code off the gram for 50% off. And pro tip, they just launched their new digestive gummies too. So definitely be checking those out. Oh, and finally, you guys remember last time we had those fabulous robes from Soma Intimates? Well, they're back. And I think Megan is rocking one right now in her leopard print. <laughs> Soma is one of my personal faves. They design bras, panties, pajamas, and loungewear that fuse fashion and function, which we all love. It's a super empowering brand, and they even have the softest activewear for our chic fitness junkies out there. So for this event, they've included a cool night's robe that you could all cuddle up with tonight and get ready to listen. So hope you're enjoying it. Bottom line, we're pretty darn excited, but enough about what we're eating, drinking, and wearing Let's get to the good stuff. Okay, so Megan here. On the topic of her book, Catherine has shared this. Forgiveness means something different to almost everyone. When we learn to embrace forgiveness, it opens us up to healing, hope, and a new world of possibility. It creates space for new and healthier relationships. It lets us understand our past without being trapped by it and allows us to live more freely in the present. Let that wash over for you a moment. I'm down. I am down. And throughout our lives, our ability to forgive is constantly tested. Oftentimes, a person will say they have forgiven someone, yet he or she continues to hold on to the pain and suffering caused by the other person. How can some people forgive why others just can't quite move on? The gift of forgiveness reveals how to be compassionate and empathetic and demonstrates how the act of forgiving is actually an act of love. In writing this book, Catherine conducted more than 20 in-depth interviews and interweaves it with her own personal reflections and thoughts on what we can learn from those who have struggled with forgiveness, some still struggling, and others who have been able to forgive what might seem truly unforgivable. The book includes interviews with Elizabeth Smart, who learned to forgive her captors. That just made me tingly, right? Like I get chills from that. Sue Klebold, whose son Dylan was one of the Columbine shooters. Chris Hall, who forgave the drunken teenager who killed his wife and child. And of course, Schwarzenegger Pratt's own challenges and path to forgiveness in her own life. All provide different journeys to forgiveness and the process, sometimes slow and thorny and sometimes almost instantaneous, by which they learn to forgive and let go. 
So diving right into the first question, Catherine, what led you to want to take on the topic of forgiveness specifically? And welcome. And welcome. (laughs) Hi, this is so fun. There are so many different little um, Zoom icons. I haven't been in a Zoom of this size. So this is fun. It's like the Brady Bunch boxes. Hello (laughs) and welcome and congratulations on the new baby and all of the things. Thank you. Thank you so much. I heard bits and pieces of that, of uh, your intro and I got the goodie box. I was also going to wear my robe this evening, but I thought it might be inappropriate. So I apparently not it's wear not. It. <laughs> <laughs> no, yours is very schnazzy. Mine's Navy. Mine's like a little, like uh, I could have passed wearing it, but um, I like yours a lot. It's good for breastfeeding. I bet. Right. It is great for breastfeeding. I go through like a robe a day. And it has so. pockets. Pockets are appreciated in every item of clothing these days. Yes. Amen. I was in the same robe for like four months when I was breastfeeding. So I'm just impressed that you're dressed. So uh, thank you so much. Um, <laughs> but no, we really do want to talk about your book because we are so blown away with what you have put together and the stories that you tell and the lens through which you approach forgiveness. So I think what Megan um, was asking was, you know, what made you approach this topic specifically? Well, uh, it was really just my own life experiences. I had a falling out with one of my best friends when I graduated from college. Um, and I never really had thought of forgiveness prior to that. I think, you know, we learned about forgiveness when we're younger and it seems very simple and, um, kind of like something that you just say, I'm sorry. And you kiss and make up and everything is okay again. And then as I got older, I realized that that's not what it is at all. And I wanted, I struggled with forgiveness a huge amount at various points in my life. And I think that, uh, one particular situation made me do a real deep dive into what forgiveness meant to me and the role that it played in my life. And also the fact that, um, when I, really explored it, that, uh, it is such a complicated and complex topic. And, um, that's, uh, the great part about it is that there is no tool book on how to forgive. And then also the really challenging part about it is there is no tool book on how to forgive. So I spent, um, a couple years doing research for this book and conducting interviews and really wanting to just hear different people's experiences with forgiveness. And I found, while doing this book and interviewing people and also just talking to people about the topic of forgiveness, that I was helped in my own journey with forgiveness by listening to other people's experiences and other people's struggles with forgiveness. And uh, it made me feel less alone in my journey. And I wanted to turn it into a book because forgiveness is one of those topics that um, none of us are spared from coming face to face with. It's something that all of us will be presented with the opportunity to forgive at some point in our lives and how we choose to handle it uh, or not handle it and uh, is up to us. But it definitely helped me to hear other people's experiences and journeys uh, on their uh, experience with forgiveness. So I wanted to, to turn it into a book. Well, thank you for explaining that. This is Jamie. So, you know, I know that Megan in the topic intro recounted some of the stories that you told. So what were some of the most poignant moments in your interviews? Like I have to imagine it was very difficult for you to walk back through these stories of pain with your subjects. So can you tell us about maybe some of the most striking moments? I imagine it was very difficult for them as well. Yeah. You know, every single person's story, um, was really moving to me and, uh, and was such an incredible experience for me to be able to talk to such 
a wide range of people for this book. And then also for the podcast that I did after this book and to just be able to continue the conversation even a year later, um, a year last week that this book has been out, which is crazy because what a year we have had. But um, <laughs> but it has not at all stopped the conversation of forgiveness. And it has, if anything, I think, um, increase the, the amount of conversations I've had about forgiveness because I was talking to somebody earlier today. And I think that this past year that we've had, while it has come with so many challenging aspects, it's also um, had a lot of silver linings for people. And I think one of them that people have told me a lot about is that that this year has fought, has caused people to um, to stop and to pause and to really focus on things that we tend to put on the back burner in our lives that are so fast paced and, and quick um, prior to this pandemic. And forgiveness is one of those topics that a lot of people have been able to tackle or do deep dives into since being at home and, um, and having to, you know, being given the opportunity to slow down and think about a lot of things. So um, every single person that I interviewed for this book was amazing. And it was such a gift for me to be able to have them really open up and just be so raw and vulnerable and honest about their experiences with forgiveness and their struggles with forgiveness and their journeys. And as I said, every single person had such a different experience. So I would go from talking to one person who was able to forgive in an instant, like Chris Williams. And then I would talk to another person who, um, like Deborah Kopakin, who took 20 years to forgive and, it was interesting because I would say, do you wish you had forgiven sooner? Do you wish it was something that you could do right in the moment and just move on? And, um, and everybody said that they were happy they came to forgiveness in their own time and at their own pace. And that was really encouraging to me because I think a lot of us who struggle with forgiveness, and I include myself in that, we find, um, we find this need to want to hurry up and forgive and, uh, and to do that in order to move on in our lives. And what this really showed me is that you can take 20 years, you can take a year, you can take a week or a day, or uh, you can be on that journey and struggle with it for the rest of your life. And that's totally up to you. So um, there wasn't one specific story or one person that I thought was you know, more moving than the other, because I think every single story is so different. And that was intentional because every single one of us, even on this Zoom call right now, we all have such different life experiences and such different um, relationships with forgiveness. So what might resonate with you is something that is different than what might resonate with me. And I might get something out of one person's story and you might get something out of somebody else's story. So um, I highly encourage everybody to read every single one of them because they all touch on a different story and a different subject and a different way to forgive. Love that. Thank you. So. I'm hearing it's Heidi. I'm hearing what you're saying about everybody is so unique and everybody's journey to forgiveness is so unique. But while you were compiling all these stories and interviewing all these people, were there any sort of commonalities that came up about sort of how one can read your book and maybe learn how to prepare for the act of forgiveness from other people's stories? Is there sort of an overarching formula like use these three steps, practice right. forgiveness, like you said at the beginning, isn't it? But, you know, were there anything that rose from the commonalities for you? Well, I think um, it's funny because every person, when I 
said I was doing this book or right before I came out with the book, everybody was asking if there, what are three things in order to, um, that you can tell me that I, that will make me practice forgiveness or that will help me practice forgiveness. <laughs> Do the work for us, please. <laughs> yes, I know, right? Um, cause I, I did, I did write this book for two and a half years. So you would think that I'd be able to report to, uh, to you and say, here are three things that you can do to practice forgiveness. The reality is, is that it's different for everyone. Um, I think the biggest overarching theme is that if you're open to forgiveness, which if you're picking up the book, the chances are that you are open to forgiveness, that that's the first and most important step because there are so many people, uh, myself included at certain points where you're just closed off to the idea of forgiveness and you wouldn't dream of picking up a book on forgiveness or listening to a podcast on it or coming to a, uh, a zoom conversation on forgiveness. So I think that's the, the number one most important step. And if you are in that situation, and if you have that curiosity about this topic, then you're at an amazing place and a great starting off point. The other commonality that I would say with all the people that I've talked to for this book and more is that when you're able to practice forgiveness, that the feeling of freedom after that is tremendous and you open your life and your future up to so many endless possibilities. Um, The other big thing that is such a common misconception when it comes to the topic of forgiveness that really um, was eye-opening for me is that forgiveness is a gift that you give yourself and it has actually nothing to do with another person. So for me, when it came to the topic of forgiveness prior to writing this book, I thought that in order to forgive, I needed to sit down with a person and have a conversation and say, I forgive you or have them say they forgive me, or it needed to be something that happened between two people or multiple people, whatever the situation is. And I really quickly realized after talking to all of these people that it's a decision that you make for yourself. And it's a journey that you do with yourself and on your own. And if you are able to talk to another person and have that, I forgive you moment, that's amazing. And that's great. But that's just icing on the cake. It's not the whole meat of what it means to forgive or to be given the gift of forgiveness or to give yourself the gift of forgiveness. So I would say that's the biggest common thread that I've seen when talking to people about the topic of forgiveness. And I, how does this carry over? I'm Christine here. Hi. How does this carry over into your own life with your family or your husband? I know, you know, we can all get caught up in the little silly fights and moments of anger, but you know, there's some, there's so many traumatic experiences that you give examples of in your book that people have gotten over. So why can't I forgive John, my husband for like putting the tuna fish away the wrong way in the fridge or like making peanut butter, you know, sticky on the doorknobs. (laughs) Well, I think really, um, I would say this past year has really put a lot of things into perspective for so many of us. And that is to just um, you know, be present in your life, loved your love your loved ones, and to not get hung up or caught up in the little things. So um, I would say that would just be an overall life uh, lesson that has come up definitely while writing this book, but especially in the past year. And when it comes to what I learned when writing this book and just in the past year, talking about it more um, is really just the inspiration that I can get from every single person's experience with forgiveness. I also like to say to people, <laughs> because the stories in this book are so incredible and so moving and so impressive. And I also, it's really important to me that nobody ever get in a situation where you compare your pain or you compare your hurt or your forgiveness journey, because um, what might be devastatingly heartbreaking to me might seem really 
silly to another person or reading a story in my book might seem, it might make you look at your situation and think like, oh my gosh, why can't I get over that? That's so little compared to, you know, losing a loved one to a murder or losing a loved one to a car accident or, you know, a lot of those types of situations. And I, I always like to remind people that yes, those stories are incredible and they act, they should act as inspiration to you but they should never make you feel like your pain isn't deserving or your hurt isn't worthy of acknowledging um, or paying attention to. So that's a really important, um, important thing to me because I, I'd love people to be able to read these stories and to say, wow, that person was able to forgive. That's incredible. I also want to forgive because I want to feel that freedom and, and look at that person's story and say, I, I know I can do it because they were able to now let me focus on how I can get there, but not to say, Oh, that person was able to forgive. I can't believe that minus my think my issue, my issue is so stupid and silly. And like, you know, why can't I get it together? Because, you know, a lot of silly or small issues are also incredibly um, painful and challenging. So everybody should take their time with it. And um, I also always say that if somebody says to me, <laughs> what if I can't forgive? Um, what if I, if I just say I, I could never forgive someone for doing whatever they did to me. Um, I also like to say that I totally understand that and I get that and you're entitled to that. And, um, and I've also felt that way. So I, I think that there's hope in that, in the sense that a lot of people in this book have been able to feel that and also have been able to forgive. And there are some people you know, who are still on their forgiveness journey. So um, it's a, it's a book filled with different forgiveness experiences and something that I hope everybody can relate to. So, so Christine, we honor, we honor your struggle. We honor your struggle. <laughs> well, because at the end of the day, the other day I was like, what is, you know, I don't have children. Catherine, I don't have children. So it's, it's either myself or John who did the, who did this. So I went over to the doorknob and I, or huh. the sink or something. And I said, what is this peanut butter? What, what did you have? What did you eat? He's like, it wasn't me. I was like, well, who was it? It wasn't the peanut butter. <laughs> it was, I don't know. Do we have a ghost? It was a peanut butter ghost. It was a peanut butter ghost. But I wonder if it's like forgiveness is a muscle that you kind of flex. And so that by practicing small acts of forgiveness, that if you ever get hit with the doozy, maybe you're ready, right? Like, so if I forgive my husband for putting my sports bra in the dryer, oh. you know, when somebody rear ends my car or something devastating <laughs> happens, maybe I'm more primed for forgiveness. Have you seen anything? Like, is there any truth to that? That it's almost like a muscle that you flex. I think, yes, I would say that people who um, are able to easily forgive might be able to do it, uh, you know, as life goes on in, in, in an easier way. That being said, I think that there are plenty of people, myself included, who have studied forgiveness, who have been lucky enough to be able to practice forgiveness. And I also know that um, I'm 31 years old and I will be hit with situations in my future where I will struggle to forgive. And, um, and I don't consider myself an expert by any means on forgiveness. I consider myself a student of forgiveness. And, um, and so I've been able to, to work that muscle and people in this book have also worked that muscle. But that doesn't mean that if something happens to you, uh, to you tomorrow, that all of a sudden you're like, I was able to forgive. I'm this is so going to be easy. Good at because, forgiving. <laughs> yeah, I'm like an expert at forgiveness. People who are able to forgive very quickly and easily, I think it has a huge amount to do with their level of faith and also their upbringing though, is something that I definitely did realize when doing this book is that um, if you're taught a lot about forgiveness when you're younger 
and especially have a huge faith background, that that tends to come with a easier ability to practice forgiveness and a better understanding of, um, of the role forgiveness plays in your life. Well, you know, somebody told me once that we don't always have like a part in the action that took place, but we always have a part in the resentment. In other words, because resentment is to feel again, it's from the Latin word. And so it's us dredging it back up, right? And so we are literally torturing ourselves by re-feeling this same feeling over and over and harping on it and thinking about it and bringing that poison and negativity into our head. In fact, my mom always used to say to me, holding on to resentment is like ingesting poison and then waiting for the other person to die. And I thought that was really so smart. And so I guess I'm wondering, have you seen people suffer who are unable to forgive? Like everyone in your book seems to have found the forgiveness, but is it something that in your research, you kind of looked at the other side? A hundred percent. I think we all know people who are stuck in some situation um, where they're not able to move forward or they're not able to practice forgiveness. There's so many people that, um, that I came across when doing this book or just in my own life that I, I wonder if they're, they will ever be able to forgive. And, um, and I also wonder like what that would mean for them if they were able to forgive what life would look like. There are plenty of people, you know, that I interviewed for this book and also for the, for my podcast that, um, you know, are either still struggling with forgiveness or might not feel like forgiveness is necessary. And, uh, and again, it just has so much to do with everyone's unique and individual relationship with forgiveness as a topic and as a, as a, a theme in their lives. And if it is a part of their lives or if it isn't. So, um, it, there, there are definitely, I feel like all of us kind of know people, who might still be holding on to something that someone said to them when they were in ninth grade or uh, that to reflect on something that happened in college that still stings a little bit to think about or to bring up. There are so many situations of that that I know with friends of mine. Um, and it's, uh, it's something that, you know, I think, again, this past year has allowed us to maybe go back and think like, do we want to carry that into our lives still? Do we really want to, um, you know, move forward in our lives and to be uh, to be in a situation where we're walking around carrying that armor of anger and sadness and hurt and pain, or do we want to let it go and take it off and feel the weight come off of us and be able to move forward in life, in life a little bit lighter and a little bit um, more open to what life has to offer. That's such a beautiful filter. And that's what it is too. You do feel lighter. And, and sometimes people say like, oh, you know, how could you just let that slide off your shoulders? Or, you know, how could you forgive so easily? But there is something beautiful to that. Like you said, it's a, it, it is Megan, like flexing a muscle and probably learning how to do that. Right. Well, also resentment is like a cancer. So yeah. physiologically, a lot of chemical and bio, like things are happening in your body by holding on to that resentment. So I bet you, you feel just so much lighter and better just from a whole mind body perspective. Yeah. And I also, you know, I will also say that there are um, stories in this book where people will read it and say, I cannot believe that person was able to forgive. And I, um, I, I would say that probably the person who I interviewed that I really had that reaction to was Chris Williams, who lost his wife and children, his pregnant wife and, um, and two children in a car accident to a drunk driver. And since interviewing him for this book, I had him on my podcast and I 
interviewed him and um, Cameron, who was the uh, the drunk driver, and I interviewed them together. And they actually have a friendship and a relationship. And it was such a moving interview. And uh, to be able to talk to both of them together and, and know that they were sitting in studio together um, in Salt Lake City while I was talking to them was truly incredible. But I said to him with Cameron there, you know, I, I think you're so, I admire you and I think you're so inspiring in your story. I just really don't know how you were just able to forgive like that and just like, you know, be done with it. And he was like, no, 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 that's not how it works. I have to wake up every single day and make a decision to forgive. And there are times that I wake up and I'm devastated and I'm sad and I'm angry and I'm hurt and I don't want to forgive. And I allow myself to feel those feelings and then I work my way back to a place of forgiveness because it, because it was a choice that I made and it's a place that I want to live my life uh, living from. So that to me was, um, was really important to hear because I think for a lot of us who might choose to forgive today, it doesn't mean that we're not going to have trigger moments in our future where we're going to have setbacks and feel angry or sad or, um, or rageful at a person or a situation. And that's totally okay. And that's normal. And that's part of a forgiveness journey, but you can still make the decision to work your way back to a place of, you know, forgiveness and living your life in a, in a place of forgiveness, which I think is, um, important in everyone's journey. It's so beautiful. And it sounds like it requires so much strength and resilience mm-hmm. yes. um, and, and commitment <laughs> to keep coming yes. back. So mm-hmm. with all of your amazing stories that are in your book and, you know, people can listen to your podcast about them, about people forgiving other people. What about forgiving ourselves? Do you have any mm-hmm. thoughts? That was on, a big Yeah. And that was a big topic that came up when I was writing the book as well, was a lot of people talking about self-forgiveness, which is of course, um, as I'm sure everybody on this zoom knows is the, uh, hardest form of forgiveness is to forgive yourself for, um, so many of us. So it is a topic that, uh, is woven into a lot of people's stories and a lot of people's journeys. And it came up, uh, I think almost in every single story and every single interview that I did was self-forgiveness because, um, you know, for a lot of people who, work on themselves and are self-aware and also want to really complete the whole forgiveness journey. You look at your, um, maybe in a certain situation, what your role might be in it, or, um, you know, how you yourself want to move on, how you want to make the decision to give yourself the gift of forgiveness. So there is, that is a big part of everyone's journey. And it's definitely a topic that I wrote about in the book a lot. And um, we're going to move on in a moment because I want to be very mindful of your time, new mommy. But I want to also just <laughs> reinforce that everybody understands that Catherine's book is actually releasing in paperback on Tuesday, the 30th. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Next week. So my book came out a year ago last week, the same week that we all went into lockdown um, due to this pandemic. So um, it has been a a crazy experience of doing a virtual book tour and coming back a year later, it uh, just came out. It's coming out in paperback on Tuesday next week, uh, which I'm really excited about because um, I love talking about this topic and drawing attention to this topic because I think it's uh, such an important one. As I said before, it's one that uh, touches all of our lives and it's not one that we talk that much about because it's not glamorous or pretty or fun all the time, but it is really important. And, um, and so I'm hoping people will be able to pick up the paperback version next week. And, um, if you prefer a, uh, audiobook version, there's that as well. And, um, 
just the overall importance of just being able to be open and talk about this topic is very important to me. We couldn't agree more. And so for those listening at home, it'll actually be coming out tomorrow because this will be coming out next Monday. We are releasing this episode in alignment with your book coming out because we just want to drive everybody to go buy this fabulous book. Megan knows a thing or two about doing a virtual book tour. You see her book sitting behind her. She just released her book. My your book's three weeks life. old. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. and Catherine, I think my, my mom's book came out like the same week. My mom's last book um, came out the same week that yours did. And I think the last event... Heidi, that we all, or you guys weren't, and nobody was really comfortable going out at mm-hmm. that time. Square. Like it was like one of the last yeah. days that people were like, do we go outside? Do we not go outside? <laughs> and I invited all these girls to, you know, my mom's Joan London. She has a, uh, her last book yeah. was called, um, uh, oh my Why God. Did that, I walk into this room? Yeah, that's exactly, I was going to say it's about getting older and forgetting things. <laughs> Hello. Um, yeah. Why did I come in this room? A candid conversation about aging and like, nobody knew what to do because it yeah. was like such a difficult time and to release. Yeah. But a, Catherine did the show on. circuit. Cause I was like looking back at your gram with, with like such, oh my gosh, she got to go in person and do the show. Like um, good morning to you. I was like, oh, you were hugging people <laughs> near them. Oh my goodness. I was, el- I was elbow by people when we were doing it. And it was interesting because I had a, you know, your phone pops up what you were doing a year ago. Uh, And last week I had that. And it was with, um, my, my manager, my book agent, and we were in, um, uh, the union square Barnes and Noble and doing a book signing with a ton of people and doing a whole event. And then we went to another event in New Jersey and we were doing all the shows and, every show would call and they'd say, you know, this coronavirus is going around and you don't need to come and do the show. We're not doing an audience. So it definitely, I would say the, the whole situation changed dramatically from Sunday to Wednesday. And then, you know, we flew home on Thursday. So it was a, a wild, wild week. A wild well, hopefully week. now you can go in person soon again with when yeah. the book comes out. Well, in paperback. Yes. Yeah. Well, and here we if are. everyone's definitely not going anywhere in person next week, but right. if people stay home and do their, <laughs> do their job uh, wearing masks and being um, being good people, then maybe we can all return to life as normal one Wait day. soon. I think the light is at the end of the tunnel and we all just need to sit tight and, and see that light and work towards it together. So exactly. we are right with you on that. So we always finish up with this super quick um, lightning round where I ask you three questions. And I do feel like going from such a serious topic as forgiveness into this lightning round is like on one hand silly, but I will tell you that people just like to know a little bit more about you, Catherine. So I'm going to great. Let's right do it. it. <laughs> First question up morning or evening workout morning. And what is your favorite workout? Pilates or walking. Third question, coffee, tea, or matcha? Coffee. <laughs> good answer. I don't even need to think about that. That's that that is is answer. I know. That's a very good point. All right, Heidi, All take right, us coffee, out. Coffee. All right, Catherine. Yeah. Our very last section is called Karmica. Okay. So it's obvious why I make Megan say that, Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm the yogi. So I'll explain that karma is the Sanskrit word for action. So we ask all of our amazing guests, what is one actionable item that all of our listeners and guests could do for like a week or two that is a small action that would yield like a giant result. For example, drinking water every morning, writing a gratitude journal. What do you have, Miss Forgiveness? (laughs) 
<laughs> um, I'll give you two things. One, just in the time that we're in, wear a mask. It's so simple and also helps so many people. And um, so there's that. And two, I would say um, the biggest thing that I have learned in the past year is the importance of checking in on people. So whether that's dropping a call, a text, an email, a DM, however you choose to communicate with somebody, um, I, I have found that to be so moving for not only the person that you're connecting with, but uh, it starts their day off differently. It starts your day off differently and it sets a, a great tone for your week. And I think just gives you positive vibes and gives the other person positive vibes. And um, I think especially in this past year, so many people are very lonely and also struggling very quietly. So the importance of being able to check in on someone that maybe you think is doing just great is, um, is very underrated. And I think it's a great thing to be able to do and very easy and you can do it safely from home. That is <laughs> a great one. Um, Raul, why don't you open up the chat? So we, I know that Catherine only has time for like one or two questions, but we'll open up the chat. We'll see if there's a couple of questions. And then in the meantime, I just wanted to say, I saw a meme, Catherine, to that end the other day that was like beginning of lockdown. Uh, you know, I would walk, I would walk two miles just to sing to my friend out of her window <laughs> to, you know, to feel connection. And then this phase of lockdown, she's like, I don't even return texts. And I think it's yeah. so true because it's like, we've kind of gotten to this complacent time on many levels, but it mm -hmm. is so true. People are still struggling and it is still so important to check in on people. Yeah, no, it definitely is. And, um, and that I think it's, it requires a little bit of, um, of effort, of course, and people are busy and lives are crazy. And especially as, you know, things start to pick back up, life is still going to go back to a, a new fast pace, a new version of fast pace. But I think the importance of checking in on people is, um, is super important. It's beautiful. Okay. Quick question we have from Layla R. How did motherhood change your view of the world? Oh my gosh. Um, that's such a big question. Um, I think motherhood, um, it changed so much for me, but it has been the greatest experience ever. And I would say that if it changed anything, I think it would just have changed me just wanting to slow down and just be so present. And, um, I, I just, I think, and I'm sure a lot of moms say this, you just want to sit and watch your baby all day long and just think about all the amazing things that they do. And also that your body created something and, um, and something out of love. And it's for me been such a amazing experience and I've loved every minute of it. So I would say that it has definitely made me want to be more present and everything because we're on our devices so much. And, uh, and I think having, since having my daughter, I've wanted to put my devices away a lot more and be much more present and return to life as, as it was before we were on our cell phones and have them attached to us at all times. So true. As a mom, that's like the biggest thing personally that I struggle with is like, just put it down just mm -hmm. be there with yeah. them. And it's so important. Yeah. Um, I'm There's just a lot of questions coming in. Quickly, yeah, I'm all just going to pick one more that I see here. Cause I really want to be mindful of, of a new mom's time and, um, and a feeding. I have until five. Life. So we okay, can perfect. get in as many as you want. Perfect. Okay. You're, so, you're <laughs> yeah. such a dear. Okay. So Nicole Young asked, was the acknowledgement of wrongdoing a factor of the ability to forgive for yourself or anyone that you interviewed? 
Um, I think that's, again, so specific to each person's situation because a lot of people have had something happen to them. Um, a lot of people have maybe played a part in something uh, happening and a lot of times just, you know, life has happened to a lot of people. So again, I would say that's specific to a lot of people's situations, but acknowledging a wrongdoing is definitely a part in a lot of people's forgiveness journeys for sure. This one from Kate Kerner. Um, how can you cope with someone not Oh, it went away. <laughs> no, not forgiving you. <laughs> can you read yeah. it? It went away. Yeah. How can you cope with someone not forgiving you? What are the best ways to do so? Um, so this is interesting because for uh, after I came, I think it was actually the week before I came out with my book, I had dinner at my mom's house with um, Rabbi Steve Later, and I had him on my podcast. And he is a rabbi here in Los Angeles um, of a very... Um, a very big community here. And he actually just released a book recently and he's a beautiful writer. And he talked to me about forgiveness in uh, Judaism and how forgiveness is viewed and also the process that you go through in order to ask for forgiveness or practice forgiveness. And it was really interesting and eye-opening to me because again, you hear so many different opinions and experiences of forgiveness. And at the beginning, when we first started talking about forgiveness, I him and I were disagreeing on something and then realized that we were saying the exact same thing. So it was one of those kinds of conversations, which I love. And, um, and so I think his episode on, on my podcast was, is really great to listen to just to hear about different experiences of forgiveness. But he was talking about that in Judaism, you ask for forgiveness three times. And if the person doesn't grant you forgiveness, that it's on them. And um, that was really interesting to me because this whole idea of asking for forgiveness from someone and somebody not granting it. And then what are you supposed to do and how do you move on in your life? And this all goes back to forgiveness being a gift that you give yourself and that it doesn't have anything to do with another person. And if you have forgiven yourself, because if you're asking for forgiveness from someone, you also are going to need to forgive yourself in that. And if you, um, if you ask for forgiveness and someone isn't ready to forgive you and not ready to give you that gift of forgiveness on their end, then you can give yourself that gift of forgiveness to move forward. And again, it's unique to every single person's situation. Uh, but I really liked Rabbi Later's view on forgiveness of the different steps. And there's a lot more to this that I'm not saying, but there's different steps that one must go through in order to never repeat the action again, do the work in order to make sure they don't repeat the action again, and then make a commitment to never, to never have that happen again, and then um, be able to be forgiven. So I would say that, uh, that if you ask for it, respect someone's choice to not give it to you, but also know that it's about you and yourself and your own journey. And, um, and you still are allowed to move forward, even if you don't have someone say that they forgive you. I think this is a huge one. Um, Denise Vitola asked, did Cameron, the drunk driver, forgive himself? She said, or do I need to read the book? I will. I can't wait. <laughs> we put a link. Okay. So we yeah, shared a link. There is a link. Oh yeah. There's a link to the podcast. Um, so that's in the book and on the podcast. And that was actually a big question that I talked to Cameron about just because of, um, obviously that is, uh, he didn't go out that night choosing to have that happen. And he did, of course, drink and drive, which is awful, but he also did a huge amount of work on himself to, um, 
to, you know, not drink again, to make sure that he dug deep into figuring out why he did that and why he put himself in that situation. And then of course did work to try and, um, and have a relationship and, and get forgiveness from Chris Williams. Um, so I would say that, that Cameron talks a lot about that in the podcast and in, and in the book actually about, uh, Chris Williams talks about Cameron's forgiveness of himself. And Chris Williams also says that he wants Cameron to forgive him. And you'll see a little twist in there that um, Chris Williams actually was able to relate to Cameron in the um, strange coincidence that when Chris Williams was younger, he accidentally hit a child um, in a car when he was younger, accidentally, and the child ended up passing away. And so he knew what it was like to carry around that guilt and that, um, terrible burden. And so he wanted Cameron, it was really important to him to have Cameron be able to forgive himself to move forward in his life. And again, he says in, uh, in the book that, you know, he still goes back and has, of course, days where we're triggered and we feel, um, upset and it takes us back to a situation in our lives, um, and in his life. But, he always is able to be gentle with himself in the process and then get back to a place of forgiveness. Well, do you think you get your journalistic journalistic chops from your mom? And what are you curious about (laughs) next? (laughs) Um, I would say I probably get my curiosity from my mom. I was saying that to somebody recently, just because I grew up with my mom, of course, not only being a journalist professionally, but we would go into Starbucks and the barista would be, get taking her order and had, um, purple hair. And she would say, so tell me about your purple hair. And then (laughs) it would lead into like a 45 minute long conversation and someone would be crying and then life stories would pour out. And I would just watch her and I'd be like, how is this happening? Like, how do people feel so comfortable with just not even knowing you? And then just talking about things that most of us tell our girlfriends of 15 years. And so I, I grew up around that and I'm definitely comfortable um, you know, hearing people's stories and uh, especially stories that might make a lot of other people uncomfortable. But um, so I guess I do kind of get that from my mom in that way. And I would say that probably my curiosity, which might drive a lot of people crazy because I ask a lot of questions, but I just, I grew up around that. So I think it's. So it's what's the topic <laughs> that's going to grab your curiosity next? What's the, you know, I know paperback next week, but I mean, I bet you you're the hamster on the wheel is going and you've got the next idea cooking. <laughs> I can I mean, feel I really it from come, you. <laughs> I've really come up with um, the topics for my book just based off of life experience. So I really, I never come out with a book or work on a project thinking of what I have to do next. Because when I came out with my very first book, when I was in college. And I went on that book tour. Everybody said to me, what are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? And I said to my mom, I I just am coming out with this book. I I can't believe people are asking what I'm going to do next. And she was like, it'll be like that for the rest of your life. You'll be dating somebody. They'll say, when are you going to get engaged? When are you going to have your first baby? When are you going to have your next baby? You know? And so I think that's just the culture that we live in. And I understand that. Um, And I also want to be present again in what I am doing and what I am talking about and what I'm um, passionate about talking about right now. And that is uh, this topic of forgiveness. 
And we are so excited for that. Yeah. <laughs> thank, thank you. you. Yeah. yeah, we can't thank you thank enough, Catherine, for being here tonight. This was really so special and gave us all like a really deep insight into forgiveness. I hope everybody goes and buys Catherine's book. And thank you for helping us support God's Love We Deliver tonight because it's a phenomenal charity and a, they have a really important mission and they do fine work. So thank you for being here with us. And thank you, everybody who joined live tonight. And thank you, everybody who's listening in at home. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to follow us on the gram at Off the Gram Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.